Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys, welcome back to Around the Arc, our second episode since the regular season got underway uh, earlier on in the week. Uh, so just just to let you know what we're going to be covering today, we're going to be going through my Western Conference playoff standings, or well, my prediction of that anyway. I did the Eastern Conference in, in the first episode on on thursday so if you haven't if you haven't listened to that already you can go back and check that out but yeah today we're going to be tackling the west which i have to say is the much more difficult conference to predict i mean it's the west is just stacked this year with there are legitimately i think 12 teams that are playoff worthy so, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. We're going to dive into it in a second. But just in case, for those of you wondering, why is, why, is he not, why is he not talking about the games that have been going on? Let me just clear that up. I am recording this on Wednesday. So, for me, I have only seen the opening night games. So I've seen the Pelicans and the Raptors and the Lakers and the Clippers. So if you're wondering, oh, he's not talking about that awesome, I don't know, Steph performance where Steph hit 10 threes. Oh, he's not going on about how the Lakers bounced back from their opening light loss to the Clippers. Or And, and if you're wondering, that's why. It's Wednesday for me. So, yeah. Forgive me for that. But anyway, without any further ado, let's just get right into these Western Conference standings predictions, shall we? Now, again, I feel I need to iterate once again. This is this was such a hard list to make. And you know what? If I came back to this next week, I would probably have different standings. So these these are probably going to change throughout the year. I'm sure yours will as well. Just It's so, so damn hard to predict this Western Conference, which is partially why I'm so hyped for the season. But anyway, I've given it a shot. So let's just jump right in with the number one seed, who this may surprise a few people, but I've got the Denver Nuggets as the as the top seed in the West. Now, I know... The Nuggets are not the best team in the West, and no, they're not going to win a title or even make the finals for that matter. But they are still a contender, and I think they're going to win a whole bunch of games in the regular season. Now, here's why. 
last year, the Nuggets won 54 games and finished second in the West. This was without both Gary Harris and Will Barton, who were two key starters, for significant chunks of the regular season. So with those guys now back and fully healthy, that obviously gives the team a a boost, first off. Not to mention the fact that we're finally going to get to see Michael Porter Jr. play as well. And if he can give this team any sort of meaningful production, that just strengthens their case for the one seed even more, I think. And then we come to the dynamic duo of Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. Now, these two each had career seasons a year ago, and both guys took their games to another level in the playoffs. Now, heading into this season, I think there's definitely potential for both of these guys to get better. I think Murray should be at least competing for his first All-Star appearance. I expect him to have, you know... A 20.5 rebound, 5 assist type of season. And then for the Joker, I think he should be looked at as kind of a dark horse MVP candidate. If he if he can up his scoring enough to maybe almost mid-20s, then maybe he can assert himself as maybe a top 5 MVP candidate. But I think both guys can definitely kind of take build on the momentum that they established in the playoffs a year ago and carry that into the regular season i think because another thing the regular season is going to matter for the nuggets i think more so than with the other top teams like the clippers and the lakers for example because i think when it gets to playoff time home court advantage is going to be more important for the nuggets you know they struggled away from home a year ago and they've always they've got that extra advantage the altitude you know playing in denver so i think i think the regular season is going to matter for them so all things considered i think this nuggets team has the makings of a high 50 win team that can you know don't get me wrong they can make some noise in the postseason as well if you're looking for a specific win total prediction i'm gonna go 57 wins i think um, now, moving on to my second seed where I've got the Lakers. Now, um, the reason I don't have the Lakers on top of this list is simply because I don't expect LeBron to go all out in the regular season. And I think the same applies to Anthony Davis, but just to a slightly lesser, deg- lesser degree. And even with that, though, this team, I think, still has the capability of winning you know, somewhere around 55 games or so. Now, if you think that's a bit high, I'll try and convince you why I think that's possible. First off, they have the best duo in the NBA in LeBron and AD. They've also brought in a lot more floor spacing and defense over the summer. You know, additions like Danny Green and Avery Bradley, I think, are pretty valuable pickups. You know, they have the size, length, versatility, and a whole lot of experience this Lakers team does. And I think that'll help, especially come playoff time and maybe down the stretch of the regular season. Now, if you have a hungry and extra motivated LeBron James, 
that would be just about enough on its own to put any team in contention. But if you give him another top five player in AD and a bunch of shooting and defense, then that's a team to be feared for sure. And even with, you know, regular season LeBron, they're going to win a lot of games, I think. Third seed, I've got the Houston Rockets. Now, the questions surrounding the fit between the team's new star duo of Russell Westbrook and James Harden, you know, they're still there. And if the preseason has been anything to go by, it appears that Harden is kind of doubling down on his ISO-heavy ball-dominant style, which, you know, means he'll still put up a ton of scoring numbers. Like, he'll still put up a ton of points. But, you know, that could cause some problems for this team. I'm a little bit, little bit concerned about that. Now, while that may well end up causing problems down the line and in the playoffs, I think especially given both Harden and uh, Russ's history of coming up short in those big games, um, but I think for the regular season at least, they can definitely win a lot of games off of sheer talent alone. Because I think Westbrook will still average a, a close to a triple-double. Harden will still get his 30 a night. And there are enough other pieces on this team from Clint Capella to Eric Garden, PJ Tucker, Austin Rivers, and, and others you go down the line. And, you know, they have enough to compete with anyone on a nightly basis. And, uh, yeah, I think in the regular season, at least, they're going to win enough games to at least get home court advantage in the first round. Uh, fourth seed, I've got the Clippers. Now, I know some of you guys may have the Clippers higher, um, and I agree, the Clippers are arguably the best team in the league when healthy, but and with Paul George being sidelined for about a month to start the season, coupled with the fact that Kawhi is still probably going to be on some sort of load management program, I, I wouldn't be expecting them to win, you know, 60-something games or anything of that nature. I think they're still going to be really good for sure, and we definitely saw that in the season opener against the Lakers. But I, just, I don't think we're going to see the best from this squad until we reach the postseason. I think, I think this team is built for the playoffs. Uh, fifth seed, I've got the Jazz. Now... Utah, they're they're my dark horse team to make a conference finals run this year. That was one of my bold predictions from a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I think to do that and fulfill their ceiling, I think they're going to at least need to get home court advantage in round one. I think they're going to at least need to be a top four team. And they're certainly capable of that. Um, although a lot of their regular season success, I think, is riding on the development of Donovan Mitchell. You know, if he can become a 25-5-5 kind of guy, then Utah could fly up the standings into the top three, I think. Because you go down the line and they have everything else that a contending team needs. You know, they've still got Rudy Gobert anchoring the paint. Mike Conley projects to be the perfect point guard and third star for this team. Plus, you know, they've got much improved shooting and, and depth as well. 
So, and because of that, I think this team's offense should improve significantly. And that will be a pretty lethal combination given the fact that their defense is already one of the best in the league. And with Rudy Gobert, that's not going to change anytime soon. So the Jazz don't think of them as a typical fifth seed. You know, I think they're going to be a lot better than that. But just with the way the West is, you know, they might have to make do <laughs> with the top five finish. Or, or even worse, that's the thing with the West. It's so, it's so unpredictable that, you know, you feel, you feel like almost anything can happen in a way. Uh, moving on to my sixth seed, I've got the Portland Trailblazers. Now, I think if Yusuf Nurkic was fully healthy to start the year... I might have the Blazers higher in the standings, but I think you can still pencil them in for about 50 wins. You know, the backcourt are going to do their thing. We know what they're going to do at this point. And again, I've talked in, in past episodes about the possibility of of Damian Lillard maybe going nuts this year and having his version of Steph Curry's 2016 unanimous MVP season. And... You know, I think that's definitely a possibility. I mean, we saw Isaiah Thomas a few years ago just go nuts for the Celtics and finish top five in the MVP. So I think Dame's certainly capable of doing the same. And maybe this could also be the year that CJ McCollum becomes an all-star for the first time. I know it's pretty it's pretty ridiculous to think that he's never made an all-star game yet. But maybe this is the year, I think... Um, Given what he showed in the playoffs a year ago in their conference finals run, I think he definitely has another level that he can reach. So maybe this is the year. And, you know, this backcourt's brilliance alone should be enough to for the, for the Blazers to make it into the playoffs. I think Hassan Whiteside, who they brought in this summer, he's still a bit of a question mark. But I think if he has his head on right, and is willing to buy in to the team's system, then he could be a big boost for them early on in the season while they're still without Nurk. And, you know, unfortunately, I think given the state of the West this year, I think a first-round exit would probably be the safest bet for this Portland team. But that being said, they surprised us all last year. And they're definitely not going to be a team that one of the higher seeds wants to face in round one. So, you know, anything can happen in in the West. So, and yeah, maybe maybe Whiteside does work out in a big way for them, and they get Nurkic back, and he gets back to a hundred percent. So there are there are certainly there are still things going for this for this Portland team, but it's just going to be it's going to be an uphill climb in this year in this western conference man um my seventh seed i've got the golden state warriors and again if if clay if clay were healthy i think the dubs would be right in the thick of the title discussion but now steve kerr came out and said the other day that he thinks it's unlikely that clay will play at all this season he wasn't officially ruling him out he was just saying you know, he doesn't expect him to. 
Now, that's a pretty big blow, especially considering Golden State's pretty glaring depth problem that they have. You know, outside of their starting five, it's un- it's unclear, really, who's going to be able to give them any real production off the bench, aside from Kavon Looney, I think. They do, they do still have Draymond Green, who I think's in for a huge year this year. D'Angelo Russell's a nice addition, and I think he should fit, fit really well in this Dubs offense and with Steph Curry. And speaking of Steph, don't forget about him. Now, Curry is currently preparing to shoulder most likely the biggest offensive load of his entire career this season now it may not lead to as many wins as in recent years when they when the dubs had kd but i think we should expect to see some crazy numbers from curry this year and he is definitely one of the guys who's going to be in the mvp discussion if if he's healthy and you know it's worth considering with these lowered expectations on the warriors now who knows maybe they'll surprise some people you know maybe they do have a couple of couple of breakout guys off the bench who become real contributors and that um along with the d'angelo addition working out in a big way you know don't count them out they're gonna be they're gonna be able to compete with just about anyone but um Again, like with like with Portland, I think they're just going to fall victim to this Western Conference, and just not have quite enough to hang with the with the top top teams. Now, we come to the eighth and final playoff spot, which I think in the West, this is going to be one of the most interesting storylines I think of the season. Is going to be the race for the eighth spot in the West. I think barring any major injuries, the first seven teams that I've listed already are all but locks to make the postseason. So that leaves one spot for the remaining teams to fight over. And I think there's going to be, I think, four teams competing for this eighth seed. I am going ahead and picking the Dallas Mavericks as the team that's going to make it in solely off the belief that the Doncic Porzingis pairing they're just going to be too good to not make it in now there is the obvious concern that KP will need some time to get back in game shape and to wear off the rust and all that stuff but you know just looking at him in the preseason he looks like he hasn't missed much time at all I know it's just the preseason but you know, if if he and Doncic can both play at an all-star level, which I think is a given for Luka, I think the Mavs have enough to edge out the competition. It's going to be tight, but remember, they still have Rick Carlisle as their head coach, um, as well as players like Tim Hardaway Jr., DeLon Wright, Dwight Powell, Jalen Brunson. You know, they've got some nice pieces, and I think for them to be in with a chance of making it in, I think starting the season off well is vital. So I may have to change this pick quite soon into the season. But since it was one of my bold predictions, I, I feel I need to stick with it. So 
there you have it. I have the Dallas Mavericks making it in as the eighth seed. Now, just to go through a few of the teams or the three other teams who I think are going to be competing for a playoff spot. First off, I've got the San Antonio Spurs, who are probably the safe pick, I think, to make it in as the eighth seed. You know, they still have their all-star duo of DeRozan and Aldridge. They still have the best coach of all time in pop, which is why I feel a little bit bad having them out of the playoffs because I just feel I just feel too wary almost picking a, against Popovich. But hey-ho. Um, yeah, they've still got him. They still have plenty of nice supporting pieces as well. And there's also the chance that a guy like DeJounte Murray or Derek White makes a leap. And if that happens, maybe both of them do. And if that happens, things will definitely change. And yeah, I might have to go with the Spurs as the as the eighth seed. But sticking sticking with my sticking with my guns for now. Another team that I think is going to be interesting is the Sacramento Kings. Now they were in the thick of the playoff race for much of last season, and they've definitely not gotten any worse over the summer. That can be said. They did bring in Dwayne Dedman, who I think was a very underrated pickup. But other than that, the team is much the same as it was from a year ago. So they'll be relying on another leap from a guy like De'Aaron Fox or Buddy Heald or maybe a sophomore breakout from, from Marvin Bagley. They'll be relying on one of those things to kind of put them over the hump and get them into the postseason. Um, which is why I think it's a bit more of a long shot for them to make it in. But they're still going to be a really competitive team for sure. And I think a league pass squad, I think, as well. So they're going to be fun to watch and competitive, but I just don't think if they have enough to make it in this year. And finally, I've got the New Orleans Pelicans now... The Zion injury is a pretty major blow, and I wanted to touch on that a little bit. The fact that it's a pretty major blow, not just for the Pelicans and their playoff chances, but for the NBA as a whole. You know, pe- people, including myself, was getting so hyped just watching him in the preseason. You know, he was making it look so easy. It seemed like he never missed. He was shooting 70-something percent from the field scoring basically at will, finishing over guys like Rudy Gobert as if they're not there. And he seemed like the real deal. And now with his knee injury causing him to miss maybe a couple of months, you know, it's a pretty serious blow and it's it's pretty sad. But um, I, I do still feel, going back to the Pelicans, I feel that they still deserve a mention here in this in this playoff race given the other pieces they have like Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, JJ Redick and others but at this point I I do kind of expect them to be on the outside looking in at, at the end of the regular season. I they're still going to be one of the most fun teams to watch I think but with Williamson set to miss, you know, like I said, between six and eight weeks to start the year. It may be a little bit of a, you know, a too little, too late kind of situation. They're still going to be competitive, and hopefully Zion can be 100% when he comes back, and that that might bolster their chances. But 
of of the of the four teams I have competing for the eight seed, I think the Pels I think have the lowest chance. I think at this stage, anyway. But there you have it, guys. That that kind that kind of does it for my Western Conference predictions. Now, again, I'd love to hear love to hear what you think. So you can give me your thoughts. On, on Twitter, uh, tweet me at Around the Arc Pod and give me your uh, Western Conference standings predictions. I know this is gonna this is gonna be more of an interesting one because there's gonna be so so many different predictions. You know, like I had the I had the Nuggets up as at the at the one seed. Some people might have them as the sixth seed. You know, and people might have the Blazers as a top four seed and thing. You know, there's there's a lot of variability and lots of unpredictability in this in this western conference this year so yeah give me your give me your thoughts on there and yeah i'll um i'll see you back again next week where we'll where we'll have another couple of episodes for you maybe dive into some actual regular season topics and stuff again just before i just before i leave you on that on that thought um if you if you ever do have any ideas for topics you want me to want me to talk about or anything you can go ahead and and let me know either you can leave a review uh on the platform you're listening to this on or you know tweet me as well just just with topic ideas and suggestions guys i'd love to love to hear from you but anyway with that being said i hope you enjoyed today's episode hope you enjoyed this week's episode and i hope you're enjoying the new kind of format like um like i was saying this new kind of two episodes a week uh in, in instead of one so again you can also give me your thoughts on that but yeah hope you hope you're enjoying it and yeah i'll see you back again next week for more for more nba chat all right guys catch you then Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.